This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I'm so excited because we have another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. I'm excited because every single time we come together, I believe it's an opportunity for us to sharpen our perspective. And if we can sharpen the way that we think every single day, imagine if you took a dollar every single day of your life and just continue to stuff it into this one piggy bank. After a while, it would be so full of wealth, you would have to give some of it away. And that's the goal in our perspective is to continuously pour into the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we view life so that we can give to others from our overflow of understanding, our overflow of perspective, our overflow of love, our overflow of peace, because we spend so much time operating from a deficiency And every single time that you operate from a level of deficiency, you put yourself at risk of damaging everything that you are trying to build every single time. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I wrote a book and it's called When Life Happens, ironically. And there's a part in the book, in the chapter, Running on Fumes. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there where you've actually had to continuously push past how you feel when you reached a reservoir of exhaustion that you didn't even know that you had, where you thought you were tired and you still had four hours to go. And you thought that you had time to lay down and take a nap. And all of a sudden someone needed you. And as soon as you sat down, crisis happened. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you've been running on fumes and you continuously have to push yourself past every single thing that you have inside of you to be able to serve the people that need you to be able to accomplish what you desire. And whenever you are running on fumes, there is a price there is to be paid when we continuously push ourselves past our breaking point. Now, I know there are times where I could hear you say, Will, that's not my choice. I would prefer not to push myself past my breaking point, past exhaustion, but I just had to. But I believe that if we continuously pour back into ourselves, continuously pour back into our perspective, and sometimes pouring back into yourself, are you ready for this? Sometimes pouring back into yourself is not necessarily sleep, but pouring into you the things that light you up, as my wife would say, the things that make you excited, the things that that illuminate a part of you where you could do this for free all hours of the day and you would never get tired. Have you ever been in that place where you reached a certain spot in life and the thing that you were doing in this moment, you could do forever? 
And no matter what you were doing, you never got tired. You never reached a point of exhaustion because while you were pouring out, you were also pouring in simultaneously. And when you hit that place where now you become more of a conduit than a, a place where people come just to drink, when you become the one who is literally allowing what's being poured into you to be poured out, that it's only passing through, you aren't depleting the source that's on the inside of you. You're actually refilling it while you are pouring out at the same time. So that's the goal is to get to the place where you are constantly pouring back into yourself because whenever we're running on fumes, things get sketchy. I'm going to read a quick excerpt from the book when life happens. And this is the chapter running on fumes. Now, if you're asking, what is this book about? I know the title seems self-explanatory, but this book was crafted for every person alive because there are going to be seasons of your life where you're going to feel like you're running on fumes. There are going to be seasons of your life where you're feeling like you, you're up against this wall and you don't know how to break through. And if you don't have a plan for those seasons, if you don't have a plan to break into what I like to call the power of vulnerability, if you don't have the plan to tear down the walls that act as barriers in relationships, then we will continuously go round and round in this cyclical trauma because we don't have a plan for our low moments. The book is written and crafted with tools and insight to help you maximize your high moments, minimize your low moments, but learn from all of them. It's the blueprint for life. It's the playbook of how you manufacture everything that you were created to do on the earth. And we got to get to the place where we start reading instructions. I know I said once before that I am the guy who gets the Ikea furniture and I somehow figure it out and there are a few screws left over. Now, I believe, I do believe wholeheartedly that there are some extra pieces in there that they throw in there to throw you off and to make you feel like you forgot some steps. But hey, the things I put together, they hold up at least for a little while. They hold up. No, I, I am actually really good with my hands and the things I put together. I actually try to take my time to make sure that I'm doing it correctly. And I glance at the instructions every now and then I'm trying to get better on that. But anyway, running on fumes, chapter eight. And this is talking about how to get you to the place where you can give your mind a break, where you can give your heart a break, where you can give your body a break so that you can refuel to have the necessary energy to accomplish everything that you're supposed to accomplish. So I'm going to read uh, some of this. We'll jump around and I'm going to pull out some excerpts from this and then we're going to tie it all in uh, at the end. So check this out in the chapter um, running on fumes, chapter eight. I began talking about my coping mechanisms. I don't know if you have coping mechanisms where whenever you get to a stressful part of your life, you like to do certain things. I know one of mine is going to the gym. I know a few people that they are avid uh, 
golfers. They are avid um, artists where once they're stressed, they're either creating or they do something that's polar opposite to what they do full time for a living. You'd be surprised at how many bankers and how many CEOs like to paint and sculpt and create music because it gives them the outlet that they need to turn their mind off. So in chapter eight, I began talking about my coping mechanisms and it picks up here and sort of top of the chapter. And it says, one of the things that I find that gives me the best opportunity to relax my mind is to take a nice long drive. It's something about getting on the open road that subconsciously opens my mind to new ideas. I can sometimes get lost in thought and find myself extremely far from where I started. I love to drive. Now I'll pause there. Now this oftentimes works well, but I, <laughs> I know there are certain people who like to go for a run when they're stressed or to open their mind. And once you get lost in running and you stop for a moment and realize that you are 17 miles away from your house and you have to get back home, <laughs> things began to get a little sketchy. But for me, I like to drive because I don't want to be 17 miles away and now I have to run all the way back or call an Uber because it defeats the purpose to go for a run to de-stress and then have to call an Uber to pay for the ride to come back because I'm not going to run 17 miles all the way back. But anyway, back to the chapter. Being that I have this love for driving and it gives me the ability to calm my surroundings, I know that when things get hectic, I have a way of coping. Although driving is a definite relaxer for some, there is nothing worse than preparing your heart and mind to take a nice, relaxing drive just to get in the driver's seat, turn the ignition, and find yourself low on gas. To me, it's the equivalent of having a taste for a specific food that you left in a specific place for a specific time just to get to that specific place and find that a specific person devoured that specific food that you left specifically for you. That specifically burns me up. <laughs> have you ever been in that place, I digress for a moment, where you have put something in the refrigerator and had your mind and mouth set on it the entire day and couldn't wait to get home just to come home, open up the refrigerator and somebody ate it. Oh my, the amount of fury that shoots up in your bloodstream when you had your mouth set on something. But you know what happens is that when we get to the place where we start setting things aside and things don't go our way or we leave them open for people to access them, we set ourselves up because what I could have done is put things in a specific place and told specific people, hey, just to let you know that last piece of cake in the refrigerator, it's mine. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't move it around. Don't smell it. Don't open it up. It belongs to me. And if I would have communicated that, then maybe, maybe, I'd still have that piece of cake back to the chapter. Now with cars, it's a little different because anyone that has owned or operated a car for a certain amount of time has gotten to quote unquote, know the car. You know what I mean? It's 
knowing just how many miles you can drive on a gas tank that reads empty on the dash. We all know that empty does not actually mean empty. It means get to a gas station before the car decides to shut off. It's like when a husband notices his wife upset with him and he asks her what's wrong, but she replies, I'm fine. Now, if he doesn't know his wife, he might take that response literally and end up sleeping on the sofa. This is much like if you don't know your car and you take the gamble to drive after the fuel light comes on, there's a chance that you can come up on the side of the road. Now, let's pause here for a second. A lot of unpacking is just one section. But we have to talk about husbands and wives for a moment. Fellas, if you ask your wife what is wrong and she says, I'm fine or I'm good or nothing and you hear the frustration in her tone or you hear that she is aggravated and she's not even looking at you when you communicate, please, by all means, do not take that response literal. Do some digging. I don't care if you have to get on her nerves because if you say, okay, and you decide to go play golf or go hang out or go watch the game, the way that that <laughs> the way that that issue will begin to steam up on the inside of her and every time she looks at you <laughs> she will be plotting your demise if she says i'm fine and if normally she says i'm fine baby or if she says nothing baby or if she says oh nothing I'm okay. And her tone raises on certain fluctuations in different areas. And she doesn't do that. Please, 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 sir. Do not take that. I'm fine as a literal response. But a lot of us too, going back to the cars, I know my car. If I ever get low on gas, which I try not to, but if I ever get low and I see the gas light come on, I know that I have about 43 miles before the car actually shuts off because I've driven a car. I've actually spent time knowing how far I can go. Do you know your car? Have you spent that much time in your car to know, hey, okay, once it gets down low and the gaslight comes on, that doesn't mean I need to go right right now, but I do need to go right now. Back to the chapter. Now, there are some people who like to get the use of every last drop of gas from each time they fill up. And at these gas prices, I really don't blame them. And there are also some people who like to push things to the limit just to see how far they can go. Then there are some people who are just forgetful and are procrastination specialists. These are the people who put off to tomorrow what they should do today. There are also those who just simply are left with no other choice. These are the people who may not have the gas money, but still need to go to work. They may have to choose between being able to get gas or being able to get something to eat. Whatever the reason, all of us at some point in our life get to the point where we are riding low on gas and need to refill the tank. What a lot of people don't know is that it is in fact dangerous to ride on an empty or depleted gas tank. 
You see, sediment from the gasoline settles at the bottom of your gas tank whenever you put gas in your car. Whenever you allow your gas tank to become depleted to the point of being empty, you force your car to then use the sediment-filled gasoline at the bottom of the tank. This gas contains dirt and sludge from previous fillings and when forced into the fuel line can cause major damage. Once the dirt infiltrates the fuel line and makes its way into your engine, you could be forced to flush the entire engine to prevent the engine from crashing. If the engine crashes, well, then your goose is cooked. No one wants to pay an astronomical amount of money to fix a problem that could have been avoided by simply refueling when necessary. The truth is, that's how a lot of people live their life, running on an empty tank. Whether it be out of choice, neglect, or necessity, running on fumes can have a catastrophic effect to the overall quality of life. Once a person reaches a depleted state, they are then forcing their body and mind to operate from a reserve. Everyone has this reserve tank. It's the tank that people use when they are tired and they want to quit, but they don't. And although I am an advocate for never giving up, and I tell everyone that giving up is the worst thing that you could possibly do to yourself, I am a bigger advocate of break taking. There comes a time when you have to be strategic in your rest. Now, to some that know me well, this may seem like the pot calling the kettle black because I, too, push past my limits at times. But life has a funny way of changing a person. It is absolutely imperative that rest and relaxation be scheduled with the same intentionality that work is. If not, you will deplete yourself from the much needed fuel that you need in order to accomplish what you set out to achieve. We have to be strategic about when and how often we fill up. This area of the book is so incredibly vital. Because when we get to the place where we are forcing our bodies to run on fumes, we then put ourselves in a situation where we affect multiple areas within our lives. When we start running on the reserve and we start pulling on the leftovers and the gas that's at the bottom of our tank, then our output is filled with the dirt, with the sludge. And what does that dirt and sludge look like from a human perspective? We start giving people frustration. We start giving people a lack of attention. We start giving people snappy responses. When we are running on fumes, we start giving people a version of ourselves that does not allow for us to connect with each other on a deeper level. Whenever we're running on fumes, it comes out. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but a lot of times when I am in what I like to call go mode, and I have to keep going and there's more to be done and I'm just moving from one thing to the next and I have this meeting and I have to record this and we have to shoot this and I have to leave because I have to go here and I have to do this conference. When things are busy and I am in go mode and I haven't prioritized my rest, 
then the sludge starts to seep out and I don't readily identify it. It's not until someone close to me or my wife says, honey, are you okay? Because you, you seem a little irritable. You seem a little short. You seem a little snappy. And oftentimes it's a surprise to me because we think that just because we are in motion, that that means we are being effective. Because I'm moving, the car is still running. We're still driving. The gas light is on and I may be pulling from the, the dirty uh, sediment field gas at the bottom of the tank, but I'm still moving. And I may be moving. But every time I continue to move, when I am empty, I am doing damage to the people who are traveling with me. I think a lot of times parents might be a little less snappy if they were able to take a nap. And I get it. You're saying, hey, hey, I would love to take a nap. But do you know what I have to do? Do you know what's on my plate? Do you know my responsibilities? And I say, you know, I absolutely understand. You may not have an opportunity to lay down and take a, an hour nap. But I guarantee you, I can find some time in your schedule for you to stop what you're doing. Close your eyes, take some deep breaths, center yourself. Or listen to something or read something. Or put your hands to something that excites you. There are strategic ways when you can pour back into yourself, even when you don't have the capacity to physically lay down and rest. Because sleep and rest are actually two different things. When I sleep, I can actually lay down and shut off and I can drift off into dreamland. But rest has to deal with my entire being. I can be at rest when I am awake. I am at rest when I am not stressed. I am at rest when I have peace in my mind and in my heart. When I have peace, when I have perspective and I have the faith to understand that everything is working for my good and I am doing the best that I can and I know that if I do my best that God's going to do the rest, then I can actually just relax and be at rest. We are unable to rest when we are unable to either have the faith in our present situation to know that things are going to turn around or we are unable to figure out the next step. And in either one of those moments, if I don't have faith and I don't know what's coming next, I will begin to worry myself silly. I will begin to operate from a level of anxiousness and anxiety. And I will begin to overly stress myself to the point to where now I'm running on fumes. So my question is, what are you doing to pour back into you? Because if you are not taking care of you and your gas light is on and you say, well, I still got 43 more miles. I don't need to pull over right now. I know the gaslight is blinking now. Your car is sounding an alarm saying, hey, pull over right now. Otherwise, you're going to end up on the side of the road. 
And we keep saying, but I can make it, but I can make it. You know, a lot of times why we feel like we need to push past that place and I don't have the time to pull over and refuel. It's because I have an over obsession with time. I'm overly obsessed with it. I don't feel like I can take the time. I can stop and I can actually pull over. Uh, we like to watch in our house. Um, we watch races, NASCAR. You know, our son is really into Lightning McQueen. You know, well, he bounces. I don't know if you have small children or if you've had children, and children bounce. At one point in time, they could be so in love with this. This is the greatest thing ever. Oh, I want all of this. I want just everything in my room to look like this. And then tomorrow, I hate this. This is so stupid. I don't ever want to see this again. Wait, what? Hold on. We invested in this. We have Lightning McQueen pictures. We have Lightning McQueen race cars. We got Lightning McQueen t-shirts, Lightning McQueen pajamas. Listen, we're going we gonna to rock with Lightning McQueen for a while, okay? Enjoy. <laughs> but we like to watch races. And we see at a lot of times in different points in the races, even in NASCAR, is that each driver is trying to perfectly time when they pull into, into the pit. Because I know I need gas, I need new tires, I need everything that I need in order to finish this race, but I am so leery about losing my position that if I pull off now, will I get that spot back? And a lot of us approach life like that. If I pull off now, and if I take the time to refuel, what am I gonna lose? What's gonna happen? And we become overly obsessed, overly obsessed with time. And in order to get to the place where we are able to, to actually finish this race and do it effectively, because the goal isn't to limp across the finish line. The goal is to be able to go across effectively, happy, healthy, and whole. What good is it if you finish the race, but you lost your family in the process? What good is it if you finish the race, but your health suffered in the process? What good is it? So I have to stop periodically and refuel. Because if I don't, the repercussions and the consequences of me staying out on the track too long will affect everything. Here's the truth. You can't even really truly be authentically creative if you are exhausted. You can't even put your best energy into your business, into your family, into everything that you are working on. You start making mistakes when you're tired. You start aggravating people when you're tired. You get irritable when you're tired. And when you are not at rest and you keep running on fumes, it starts to eat at the inside of you. That sludge begins to feel the engine, AKA your heart. 
And then as you are pushing past your breaking point and pushing past what you see and what you feel and you know you need to stop and you need to refuel and you know you need to stop and take a moment and you know you need to say, I can't do that. And you know you need to tell that person, no, I'm sorry, I'm unavailable. And you know you need to set some boundaries, but you keep pushing past because if I don't say yes to this, then what if I miss out on the opportunity? If I don't go and I'm not there and I'm not present what will I lose if I stop and take a nap and pour back into me how will people view it will I be able to accomplish my dreams and my goals if I stop and refuel absolutely but if you continue to push past if you continue to push yourself while you are running on fumes the dreams and the goals and everything that you are working for you may get it, but you won't have what's necessary to sustain it. You may get there. You may get the promotion. You may open the business. You may get the new house. You may have to put all this time, energy, and effort in to launch something new. And there are times where you do have to push yourself. But if you are consistently running on fumes, you will not have what you need inside of you to keep what you are working for. What good is it to say I have to work 80 hours a week to make sure that my family doesn't go without because I know what it's like to grow up without and I want to make sure that my family never has to worry about that and they may have the house and they may have the cars and they may have all of the things that they desire but they don't have you. If we are not best investing in ourselves if we are not pouring back into us, if we are not making our rest a priority, we may get it, but we won't have everything that we need to keep it. And the goal isn't just to get there. The goal is to stay there. Are you running on fumes? What are some creative ways that you can pour back into you? Because if you don't pour back into you soon, the damage that can be done can be catastrophic. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens.